Hello and welcome to Podcast Eater, the Culturator podcast. My name is Ezekiel, I'm one of the co-runners and editors of Culturator, and today I'm joined by a very special guest, uh, who is one of our contributors, Brendan. Hello, Brendan. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, no problem. Uh, now, today we're going to try something different, um, because uh, I just feel that I've run the original format uh, as far as it can go, um, need to freshen things up a bit, so today, instead, Brendan's going to be interviewing me. Yes, that's right, and I'm going to we're going to be discussing uh, the uh, the game Binding of Isaac. Yes, today. and um, your thoughts and feelings about the game. Yes. All right. So I believe we should start where anybody would start first. Um, at the end. At the end, of course. Right. Well, thank you for being here. <laughs> thank you for being here. No. Um. So, for someone who like me who hasn't played Binding of Isaac before, what mm. um, what does the but What's the plot of the Binding of Isaac? What does it entail? What's it about? Okay. Uh, it's about a few hours long. And... No. Okay. Uh, the game... Essentially, your mother is going to sacrifice you. Mm-hmm. She hears a voice that tells her to sacrifice you. Yep. Um, you escape into the basement to try and get away from her. Mm-hmm. That is the essential plot. Okay. Uh, getting... Further into it, without uh, any spoilers, there's a lot of religious overtones. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of overt and subtle symbology throughout the game. Okay. Um, and a- as you go on, um, the plot, a lot of the plot being told, because this is just a really basic premise, right? Yeah, yeah. A lot yeah. of the plot being told is based on, it's not necessarily environmental storytelling, mm. although it kind of is at the same time there's a lot open to conjecture of course okay about motivations and whatnot because not everything's just very few things are given to you yeah um but the way so i'm guessing i'm guessing in a way is is the is the plot um up to your discretion to fill in the gaps or is is there a lot that's it what's given to you essentially like, not much. Okay. Well, the endings are given to you, although some of them are ambiguous. The mm-hmm. introduction is obviously given to you. Yeah. Um, the way that the environments change is given to you. But also... So I'm hesitant to say environmental storytelling because of the, the, the environments are detailed. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is kind of more in the characters. And when I say that, the enemies. Yeah, yeah. More so than the environment itself. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's hard to tell, but... Overall, there is a lot there, but it's not always overt. Okay. All right. Um, so, what kind of what kind of game like what kind of gameplay um, is in the Binding of Isaac? What What would you describe the gameplay as? Well, first and foremost, the game is a dungeon crawler. Mm-hmm. You're going through a dungeon mm-hmm. on two legs not four. not crawling <laughs> not crawling um you know you fight enemies you fight bosses blah 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 blah. yeah yeah um from there it has rogue like elements mm-hmm. um it's kind of between rogue like and rogue light it's i don't know i find it difficult to tell because it, there's there's definitely rogue elements in there mm-hmm. um because it's a randomly generated floor every single time with mm-hmm. random enemy placements random item placements and there's also permadeath as well yeah permadeath mm-hmm. um then you'll you know and of course you've got you can only save and quit and then when you load if you die you can't get out mm-hmm. of that you have things like that um there are sometimes concessions made like you don't have to worry about hunger fatigue drowning yeah that sort of thing you know um 
there's items do have an impact, but not always. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so there's some of the elements. Another thing to consider is that all your characters are ranged characters, okay. for lack of a better word. And your eyes can be short range or long range. Okay. Because your main method of attack is tears, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So your crying is what helps you attack enemies, and those tears can be changed around. But, you know, it implies even at short range, there's distance. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so you said uh, characters there, so you don't get to play as... You get to play as Isaac, but there are there any other unlockable characters as well? Oh, yeah. Well, um, if I remember correctly, because it has been a long time since I've started fresh, <laughs> um, you start with a small roster of characters and you sort of expand that okay um so they essentially function as your character classes mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the time for, for most of the characters what that mostly determines is your starting stats and your starting items okay rather than anything else mm-hmm. um some characters do well even with the ones of different starting stats and items mm-hmm. um will determine how you start off playing but some have permanent changes to how you play the game yeah, yeah um for instance one character azazel um he starts off flying yeah and he starts off with a, a kind of charged beam attack oh okay right which it's kind of shortish range mm-hmm. but it does damage very rapidly and it's also strong for when it starts mm. and of course that gets stronger as you go on if you get the right arms that boost your attack power um but the flip side is he doesn't start off with any permanent health Ah, okay. So um, there's caveats for some of the characters yeah. as well, yeah. Well, he can get permanent health, mm-hmm. which obviously makes it... A little bit e- easier. A yeah. little bit easier, but yeah. Um, whereas the other ones like, you know, Isaac, your main character, or you get someone like Kane or um, uh, Judas mm-hmm. or Mary, like, it, it's more down to their starting items and mm. their starting stats. Okay. Um, okay. You can, if I remember correctly, you can find all their character specific items throughout a run if you know you're lucky enough of course and then yeah. you could play those different styles mm. so like in, in to- talking about items and stuff do you feel like the gameplay um is more skill based or is it lu- down to the rng and the luck of the items and um enemies you face both okay. um all right so there's definitely skill involved mm-hmm um, more often than not, skill will get you farther than your items. Because, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, like, you know, often you'll find items and they won't synergize with each other. Yeah. Like, so th- there's a few different types of items. You've got ones that are just passive and permanently with you. Yeah. Then you've got ones that are uh, passive or they might activate on certain conditions that you can only hold one of, or if you. Uh, pick up a certain item two of at a time and then when you pick up a new one it'll get rid of one of those yeah, yeah. you've got activation items which you know charge up after every room you clear and once you clear a certain amount of rooms you can use them again mm-hmm. and then you've got one use items like you know bombs although you stack those or you like other ones like cards which you can only hold one of in that particular pocket which might be a card a, a pill or something else and you use it and then that space is empty again yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and a lot of these will synergize with each other. So, for instance, um, there's one item that you can get that damages yourself to give yourself coins, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is an activation item. Like, uh, it doesn't require a charge. You can just activate as long as you've got the health. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you can get another item called the Blood Penny, which every time you pick up a coin, mm-hmm. it may spawn a heart. Okay. So the way that those synergize, oh, look, I'm damaging myself to get coins. 
and like obviously it might not always turn out in your favor but <laughs> yeah oh i'm picking up these coins i'm now getting health so you can keep the loop going for a fair while you're okay. suddenly building up mm. so in saying yeah so definitely in saying that you would say that there's definitely a bit of a um a correlation between a difficulty and items essentially yeah yeah um items can help um but more often than not it's going to be skill because you, you need to dodge attacks mm-hmm. um there are bosses that have bullet hell elements and you really need to pay attention to those mm-hmm. and your items aren't, aren't always going to synergize like that yeah yeah but like a lot of the time the only way they'll synergize is by boosting your stats mm-hmm. um excuse me uh but so you know you need to pay attention you need to avoid being damaged unless you play certain characters who mm-hmm. start off in a way that more damage more attack power yeah um but sometimes you'll be in a position where you just happen to get a really solid run mm-hmm. of items yeah uh like you might get something like polyphemus mm-hmm. which uh it, it turns your tier attack it, it maxes out your tier power if i remember correctly well your strength i should say mm-hmm shoots one huge tear and it goes through enemies as it defeats them. Yeah. And it's slow, but it's really powerful. Mm. You, you might get that and then you might get one, if I remember correctly, called quad shot. So then suddenly you're firing four of these massive tears at once. Yeah. At a much slower rate, you know. But as you can imagine, that's a pretty powerful combination. And yeah. And you'll, yeah. you'll get other items that will then build on that. There'll be times, very rare for it to happen, but there'll be times where a certain run, the every item... Most items you get will lead you to being so powerful that you can just tank through everything. Yeah. And you, you become unstoppable, essentially. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, those are rare, though. Uh, a lot of the time, it it does come down to skill. And if you have certain activation items, when you use them, how you use them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, getting on to the graphic style of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Just as the um, the items in the world essentially um, affect the gameplay, yeah. How does the the graphics affect? Does it affect the gameplay in any way, shape, or form, or is it completely um, for the aesthetic style? I'd say it's for the aesthetic style more than it is the gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, so the original Binding of Isaac, uh, yeah, because there were yeah. Um, two different versions. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the original Binding of Isaac at well, both look very cartoonish and, and stylized mm-hmm. in a sense. The original one was a Flash game and it looks like a Flash game. Yeah. It looks like a really good Flash game, admittedly. Yeah. Like, it's a very appealing game to look upon. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's what worked at the time. Now, I, if I remember correctly, the developer in developing Rebirth, part of it was they wanted to put on a more powerful engine. Mm-hmm. Um, they also wanted to change the graphical style as well. So, Rebirth, mm-hmm. um, again, I, I could be wrong about this. Rebirth was more about kind of emulating 16-bit graphics to an extent, or at least using that as a basis for influence. Okay. And it does kind of have that look. It doesn't look... Hang on. It doesn't quite look like that. No, no. But it feels like it was influenced by 16 It, it feels very influenced, say, like... The, uh, the one game I can actually really refer it to is probably the um, the dungeon sections of um, uh, the Legend of Zelda game on, play- on um, Super Nintendo, uh, Link to the Past. Was it a Link to the Past or was it? Yeah, no, it was Link to the Past. Yeah, yeah, because it's very similar in that aspect. Yeah. Um, so I can see where you're coming from with that um, with that correlation. Um, but yeah, like, 
would there be anything else in saying that um, it's since it's very stylized? Um, well, uh, pardon my interruption. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> um, thank you. Uh, so the thing about the graphics, The Binding of Isaac is a, a fairly gruesome and gory game. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And in a lot of ways, it's very violent. And but it also looks cartoonish. So with that stylized look, it kind of doesn't quite censor itself mm. but it doesn't it's not necessarily going to be the first thing everyone notices some might mm. i don't think most would so okay so it's more so even though it's a very gory and gritty game it's the i'm, I'm guessing in saying that would you would you say that the um the graphics sort of lead itself to sort of desensitize the um the gore and the um the violence a little bit or yes <laughs> okay <Yeah>. so <laughs> Um, the thing, the thing about it, yeah, like it, it does kind of, it doesn't actually make it obvious. I can't, I can't speak on behalf of others, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but my personal experience with it was that it took me a long time before I realized just how violent and gritty the game was. Mm. Um, and like, I'm talking about like a few months, maybe a couple of years in of like on and off play. Mm. Um, it just wasn't apparent to me. Yeah. Uh, it's like, I, I, I was aware. Well, no, hang on. I, I was aware, but I didn't quite understand, if you know what I mean. Okay. So, yeah. like, it, it mostly dawned on me on hindsight. I realized, well, this is actually pretty violent. Mm. This is pretty full on Dark. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, but, like, what the graphical style does in, uh, in a way is kind of, it, it dampens that because it is cartoonish mm. Mm. in a way. Um it's not it's overt but so like let's say take a game like Gears of War yeah that's like outwardly and openly violent there's just no ifs or buts about that it's very gory it's very violent it's in your face yeah but like that's a game that pushes more for realism yeah Um, The Binding of Isaac doesn't necessarily push for realism Mm. Um, you know like you can just tell by looking at the characters like no you, you don't see people really getting around with huge heads you know <laughs> shooting tears at people it's yeah obviously <laughs> it's not something you expect in a game like that no it's, it's just not something you see in everyday life either yeah true um <laughs> so you know the, like the, the premise is very serious but uh, but combined with the graphic style it kind of it's easy to see it more as like cartoonish mm-hmm, mm-hmm. until you start thinking about it more and then starts dawning and go oh okay um, so yeah, I, I think in, in one way the graphical style works, like mm-hmm. I, I'm sure I'm not the only person who's experienced that, Yeah. Uh, yeah. but obviously I can't comment on that. Um, it, it works in like when you start thinking about things is when it starts clicking, but otherwise it just looks, yeah, otherwise, you know, it, it, superficially it's just cartoonish and yeah. stylized. Yeah. So I'm guessing in saying that is like, would you describe that as a strength that the game has? Yeah, I'd say the art style is a strength. Okay. Um... It works. I mean, it, it works really well. Mm-hmm. It, it, it makes the game easy to look upon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps the game feel less clunky. Less clunky? <laughs> it's not a clunky game at all. But, no, yeah. you know, it, it just it helps it feel that much more okay. smoother. Would there be anything else you could say that... Um, is, is there any, any inherent flaws in the game or is there anything you could really praise? No, yeah. there are no flaws in this game whatsoever. <laughs> Okay, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, there's a lot I can praise. Like, I mean, in some ways, you can compare the game to NetHack. It's a lot 
easier than NetHack, but so with NetHack, mm. um, things are a lot more in depth. Yeah, you yeah. know, like like say with NetHack, um, you know the way you use items, the way you can do things with items will affect how you play, and eventually mm. you can mitigate lot quite a lot based on the items you get and how you know how to use them. Yeah, yeah, um, and when you know what you can do, the buying of Isaac kind of works the same skill wise Mm -hmm. um and that helps to it doesn't it helps to give it a a more rewarding learning curve okay i I guess in a certain way okay um in that again like you can mitigate luck a lot when you know how to use certain things and whatnot yeah obviously compared to nethack your options are much more limited Mm -hmm. The, the the game is similar but has a different focus. Okay. Um, but I guess what I'm saying is NetHack, when you start working things out to make your chances of getting to the end better, mm. in The Binding of Isaac, it's kind of the same when you start working out how to play around certain items and you apply your skill. Okay. It makes getting to the end a lot easier right. um, and a lot more rewarding in that way. Um Probably a good thing about The Binding of Isaac is even if you're not very good at it, such as myself, um, and even though you're probably going to die a lot... Because mm. I've seen your, our account. You've played yeah. a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not... It doesn't necessarily feel like it's wasted. Oh, okay. Um, what, what's really good about The Binding of Isaac, I find, is that it's... Especially an improvement in rebirth is how you can save because in the original one you couldn't save. So if you started a run, you had to get through it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you had to finish it, right? Yeah. Um, but it it's not designed necessarily for long play. No, I mean, no. generally if you get a whole run through, like somewhere you, between on average, I'd say thirty and fifty minutes. Okay, like running from beginning to end in mm. in one go. Um, Do you feel like the saving in a really um, changes the um, changes the difficulty somewhat, or is it just no? It's it is a, a good improvement, I think. Mm-hmm. The reason being is that even though it's not a game necessarily designed for long bursts, mm-hmm. although it can easily be done as such, if you need to put it down, you can put it down. The original you couldn't do that. If you quit out, that's it. You have to start again. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have to start your run again. Mm-hmm. This, you can put it down. It's not going to make things easier because you can't just quit and then load. Yeah. Uh, the game will erase... Is will it, prevent you from doing so Yeah, because really the quickly. whole permadeath um, roguelike sort of mechanic, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's a, a really good addition because not everyone can just sit down for 30 yeah. to 50 minutes to... Yeah, exactly. Life. I mean, it's kind of like what... Um, some remasters of JRPGs are doing at the moment when they have the um, the boost modes and that sort of thing as well. Mm. Not everybody has the time out to, you know, grind as much as they used to. Yeah. So I can sort of get that in an accessibility sense. Yeah. So it, it helps. It doesn't compromise on the gameplay and that's really important. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, what else can I say that's good about the game? It's fun. <laughs> like that doesn't really say much though, does it? Um, no, I guess fun is subjective, but if you find it fun, I mean, I'm guessing a lot of other people would find it fun as well. Yes, I, I find the game fun, thus other people will find the game fun. <laughs> um, so do you rec- would you say you recommend that? 
Yeah, I'd recommend The Barney of Isaac. It's definitely worth checking out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's worth... Yeah, it's definitely... At, at the very least, it's a game worth checking out. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get a lot of mileage out of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, of course, then Rebirth has expansions on it. Uh, but I wouldn't necessarily advise jumping into those. Because you, you, I'm pretty sure you can still get the base of Rebirth or the original. Not 100% sure on that. Okay. And... If you don't like them, you haven't thrown down much. But I, even if you don't like them, I still think they're worth experiencing. Okay. Because the games put together are put together very competently. Mm-hmm. Like everything runs really smoothly. Things synergize where you'd expect them to synergize. Mm. Um, again, it's not made necessarily for long bursts at a time. Although you can certainly do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it. It does, I'm not too sure if it does a critique of certain things, Mm -hmm. but it certainly does look at an analysis of certain aspects of things like religion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But again, not 100% sure if that's a critique. But it it handles it, parts of it are handled differently. Right, Um, right. in, In ways that are interesting, not just the whole... Yeah, you know, yeah. type things that you get in a lot of media. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think there's some things that aren't necessarily good about the game, mm-hmm. although I can't quite put my finger on them. I think there are some things that could be better, but those are just more personal gripes. I So, you know, floor one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in floor one, you always have access to the treasure room yeah because you might not get any keys after floor one treasure rooms will always require a key to unlock and you might yeah. not get any keys after that but you still gotten essentially a freebie on yeah. floor one but you there might be items that are behind destructible blocks or indestructible blocks now and this is on floor one I'm, yeah i'm talking about specifically yeah you might not get any bombs on floor one uh you might not get an ability that allows you jump on floor one mm-hmm. so if you're not playing as someone like azil you can't get an item behind indestructible blocks. If you yeah. don't get any keys and there are locked chests, you don't get those. So there's a lot of missables you can get throughout a run. Yeah, depending on how your items fall. But mm-hmm. like I said, that's more of a personal gripe just for the first floor. After that, it's kind of like where you can't really do anything. Yeah. I yeah. um, And again, it's just down to random placement. That's more of a personal gripe. I, I think the game is very good. I think it's excellent in a lot of ways. I just wouldn't necessarily make called a perfect game. I mean, nothing can really be called a perfect game, but in saying that, you'd definitely recommend it to anybody who would like to try it out. Yeah, I'd definitely recommend it. Okay, cool. All right, then. I feel like um, that's all we can really chat about at this uh, point in time. So I feel like uh, that's where we'll wrap it up for this episode. Um, Thanks very much for the conversation, Ed. It was uh, very enlightening. I might actually try it out. (laughs) Thank you very much for your time, Brendan. All right, thank you very much for having me. Not a problem. Um, So, yeah, look, thank you again for listening this far. Um... Thank you very much to all the people who read Culturator and thank you very much to the, the patrons. Patrons? Patrons. The patrons. Patron, the patrons who support <laughs> us through Patreon. Um, it helps. Thank you very much to all our contributors as well. Very big thank you to Sixo, of course, without whom Culturator would not be a thing mm-hmm. or nor would it be as fun to work on as it is. But on that, thank you for listening. Hope you have a good day. And um, let's try to oh, yeah. because obviously sorry. we've done it again. We've done it <laughs> again. So, done yeah. again. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Would you like to spruik yourself? 
Not this time, no. Oh, okay, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, so yeah, you can find me on uh, twitch.tv slash beersy. I stream uh, two to three nights a week, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Um, you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as well. All right. There you go. Easy. All, All right. right. There we go. No. Thanks very much for listening, and uh, we hope you have a great day. Yep. See ya. See ya.